The current supply chain disruptions are hurting American manufacturing because many companies cannot get the raw materials necessary to produce their products. Companies that produce castings are feeling the pressure of not getting the materials to fill orders and are thus slowing down production. One company is helping by converting castings into machine parts to get orders and production lines moving again. We're going to talk to one company that specializes in casting conversion and how they're helping manufacturers get back to work, today on Small Business Talks. We're all familiar with the problems that the global supply disruptions because of COVID have caused the manufacturing community. The question has come to light is what do you do if you're a casting company and you make parts that are cast, but you can't get the materials to do that? How hard would it be to convert the casting into a machine part? To help us understand this better, today we've got Andrew and Dean Sonquist from Plastec uh, we're going to help us kind of understand how we do this. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Neil. Hello, Neil. Uh, I think something would be helpful is just so that people understand your expertise in this area. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you how you kind of got into this world and and how long you've been doing things and what your what your area of expertise has been. Well, Neil, uh, my background has uh, been in engineering, industrial manufacturing, engineering to be exact. Um, had a little bit of experience in assembly, so I've understood a few of the different pain points that people run into when uh, they can't get their parts. Um, and then been here at Plastec for the last four or five years and uh, continuing to learn every day. Hi, Neil. Dean here. Um, I've been in the, uh, in the trade since 1987. Um, been uh, cutting chips a long time and seen a lot of the problems that people have had even before our COVID times set in, which totally disrupted our supply chain where, you know, someone's depending on a shipment from China or Taiwan or wherever, and they don't know where it's at. So we've dealt with this for, for decades. Uh, and every, every manufacturer out there has seen this. And, you know, some of the big points are, what do you do about when there's that problem presented to you? What, what do you do? That is, that's the whole key to it. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pose kind of the way a manufacturer would look at this and say, you know, I've got castings I've been getting from China. And because of these dis global supply disruptions, my small business is not able to get the materials or the parts. What options do I have? Well, Neil, I, I figured there's about three different opportunities you have. Do nothing, hope and pray the parts show up. Um, generally, that's not a good option. Uh, if you're in the purchasing uh, supply chain of a, of a, of a manufacturing company, um, that's pretty tough to, ex to explain to the, uh, the head executives of the company that your fingers were crossed and uh, you were hoping for the best. So the number two option would be, is there something off the shelf that can be either, that could be retrofitted, um, machines, you know, to to make to make do for a short term um that's always an opportunity or number three can the can the casting be made out of a solid machine part um it might sound kind of crazy because there can be a lot of you know contours and a lot of a lot of different uh, features of the part which require machining but this is where 
everyone needs to get together on the same page. What matters? Uh, functionality of the part, um, our aesthetics of the part, important. Um, there, yeah, there, there's there's options, but the best thing is just to get off your hands and and do something about it. I think this is something that's come up quite a bit because I know we've talked in the past, and this is why we even are doing the podcast was that you've had a lot of people that have, that you've heard have had this issue. Do you know, you know, can you put your finger on how big of an impact this is or? Oh, right now it's, it's been huge over the last two years where, you know, there's been manufacturers shut down because of it. And, and the, we, we deal with some very large companies, actually some Fortune 500 companies that, that have had issues um, keeping, keeping uh, components to the assembly lines and it stopped them. So this is where, you know, getting the information out there to buyers, to engineers that you do have some opportunity for, to, to ease your pain per se. Um, so what do you, what do you do? You need to, you know, di- discuss the problems with a, a manufacturing company such as ours, a job shop. Um, and, and we could steer you down the road. What do you need? What do you need to get going here? You know, is it, generally a solid file of the part. Um, we can always look at a, at, a, at, a, at a PDF file, of course, to get started to see if it's even an opportunity, um, but that's a great way to get started. Now with that is also gonna determine the material selection. <clears throat> the material selection is very important, but your cast material is not gonna be the same composition as a bar stock or a rod stock of, of steel. Um, some of them are cast in aluminum. Well, your bar stock is still a different composition of that. So you have to have an engineering engineering team that's open to change is a big part of it also. Um, what we like to do is we'll review the file, take a look at it and see what can we do to, to expedite the process of machining. Um, cut cost, I mean, costs are always the biggest player in this because when a part is cast, it's generally a less expensive part to machine. You know, the, the crazy features, the arcs, the angles, the, the, all of those features are easy to put into a casting, but now when you machine it, it takes a lot of time. Um, so that, so that we like to look at the part, how can this part be made? So it's gonna go down to how can we hang on to it in a machining center, into a, a CNC lathe and, and get the, the proper outcome where you know, it's, if you're going to try to hang on to a complete round sphere like a ball, a little bit tough to put some features on it because how do you hang on to this thing? So, you know, are some flats able to be put on the part to help the fixturing, the holding process on the part? Um, so once we go through that, if, if, you, if us and our, our customers can come to terms on it, we like to go ahead and like, well, let's look at a test part. Let's see what we can do out of like material that's been approved by engineering. And here's what we got. They would see the solid file that we generated first. Then we would go ahead and take those, create an NC file for a machining center and uh, go ahead and cut the prototype. And we could look at it from that point, what else needs to be done? I mean, is there changes that need to be made? For manufacturability, what else can we do? Again, the biggest thing I stress on is the cost. And that I know is the big thing that's gonna chase 
uh, purchasing people out of it, but the risk to the reward of not having parts is shutting down manufacturing um, definitely cannot weigh it. Well, and I think that's something people don't realize is that when a manufacturing uh, facility shuts down, that's, that's a huge cost. And it usually can't be made back up on something like that. So yes. let, me ask, let me ask you, what, what kind of a time frame are we looking at here? Because I know, I know we're, we're talking about changing the entire process. Um, you know, and I know this is different, you know, depending on the part and all that, but kind of walk us through, you know, what can somebody expect from like a range of time frames that it would take to convert something like this over? Or walk well, we've done, a little bit. We've actually done some things as as uh, quick as a couple days for a prototype in hand for a customer. Um, depending if we got material on hand, that would work. You know, even possibly if it's not the right material, at least they get an idea. Say if somebody's looking for a part made out of 4140, uh, an alloy steel. Maybe we only have cold rolled or hot rolled here, but we can get our machining processes. We can, we can go through all of the the ifs and the what ifs as far as manufacturing, get those bugs worked out, get a part in someone's hand. In a sense, we're, we're creating a rapid prototype, if you will, kind of like you're doing with printers and SLA right now. Um, so with that, once once the customer goes through that, you know, we can, we can um, it, it depends on the complexity of the part. It absolutely is what <clears throat> the biggest driver of this is. Um, and if materials off the shelf now um, at the steel service centers or wherever it comes from, we can, uh, you know, we can throw uh, all hands on deck in a matter of, you know, a few days, you know, and maybe it's going to be a few weeks before some parts are ready, but this is where you need to work together with places such as us and the, the, the purchasing team from the customer, what can be done, what's needed to be done, so on. Okay. I think the, the kind of the next part of that would be, okay, I'm changing a process. How is this going to change? Uh, what, what's the expectations I can have for this part? Because it's, it's not cast, it's machined. What should I expect from moving from a part that was fully, you know, that was cast to a fully machined part? What, what, concern, what, what, what should I be concerned with? Help, help kind of walk through, alleviate any issues or something like that. Explain to us like what the expectation should be for, for, for a customer. Sure, I can do that. Um, probably the first thing, of course, is to think about the material, the composition of the material where you might not get the, the same characteristics as I've stated before with uh, a material that is able to be machined versus cast. Um, but this is where the engineering team at our customer needs to decide there need to be an FEA study, again, for strength, durability, um, that again is not, that again is not on us. That would be working with that customer. Um, one of the big things to remember that a casting does, it's basically creating a shell is pretty much what happens when you create a casting. Now to go ahead and, and create that per se shell again on a machine part might make a lot of extra machining, um, for, and cost for no reason. So what I'm getting back to is weight. You know, what is the customer, the end user, what are they okay with is the big thing, I guess. If if weight is the major contributor, then yes, we're going to have to probably mimic what the casting is pretty close because I'm sure there's been some studies and and uh, they've got weight, weight uh, restrictions, what they can deal with. But 
working, like say with the engineering team can um, work through these problems together. Um, another big thing is the appearance. The machining, the part may look clean because uh, if you've seen cast, cast steel, cast aluminum, you know, it's all porous looking on the outside, all bumpy and rough. Generally, when we machine, we're gonna have a better looking finish. Again, might not mean anything to anybody, um, but you know, one, one of the good rules of thumb is to think about is, you know, the better something looks, the more it's probably gonna cost. You know, that kind of goes without even being said. Um, you know, if you want something polished up, it's gonna cost more than if you're okay with cutter marks and everything all over it. So, um, you know, is this part gonna be one that's gonna be painted or coated? Uh, paint will help cover up, let's just say imperfections or cutter marks uh, uh, in the in the in the parts. So, if that's the case, that needs to be discussed up front. That what's going to happen to it. Um, you know, the in a cast part, you have draft uh, angles, release angles, if you will, um, to help pull the part out of the out of the casting tooling um, for allow for easy ejection, if you will, coming out of there. If, if uh, our parts to, from the machine are going to be more straight wall because it costs time and money to put those angles on. So again, working back and forth together, what what matters? Is there a clearance issue? Is there, uh, does, does, does this wall A have to match up with wall B on, on the mating part? Does that matter? Again, working together on it. Um, a lot of times I would consider this as a short-term fix, but we've also done it before where it becomes a longer-term fix because the customer says, you know, this is actually working better than what the casting is. We can't get the castings. The castings are not holding up. Um, so, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a full circle here. What, you know, availability, cost, appearance, Everything needs to, you know, play into the into the game of this. Um, now with the with the machine part, we can also change the total function of the part. So if something the casting is operating poorly, performing poorly, um, we can deal with that right now while we're going through this. And you know, say if they have a, a half inch hole, but they kind of always wish they had a five eighths hole for fluid passage or whatever. We can deal with that instead of actually going all the way back to China, trying to get a, a tool change on it. We can deal with those here very quick. So I, I there's a gonna, lot of options. I was going to ask you that because people don't realize when you're doing casting, you got to have the mold made. And it's like that that's where your a lot of your expenses in. And it sounds you have more flexibility to be able to kind of make those changes. So if we're going to do it, why not use the opportunity now to go ahead and do this? And it would be, I think you'd have cost savings there to make, improvements you know in the process to be able to do that you bet absolutely that's that's where it's, it's almost like going back to the prototype stages even before the casting is built if you will um if if we're working off a design that you know we see where maybe we can change it to save money if we can change it to, and we understand the end usage of this thing that's why it's always great to deal with the full assembly also. So we can get our eyes on it. If the customer allows us to see it, we can get an idea of what this thing really does. So we can also ask the smart questions, you know, is there, is there issues with this during assembly? Is there, 
Is there corrosion issues? Is there uh, air areas that are wearing faster than others? So we can actually ask those questions because we've been privy to the information. This also sounds like communication is an important thing. This is not just something like, here's a drawing, just make this from that. It really sounds like a, a collaboration of both, both you and a client to kind of walk through. This isn't just like, like a one type thing. It, it can be done quickly, but it seems like there's a lot of communication to make sure this, this gets done correctly is what, I'm, is what I'm gathering. That is absolutely right. We, we like to develop a, uh, the, the relationship with the customer. And then that, that might be from a purchasing, head of purchasing to a buyer that does the average everyday ordering parts from uh, uh, an engineer, a sustainment engineer, a lot of times it's good to get all those ideas and all those those uh, those thoughts corralled, so then we can you know come together for the for the common good of the part and what what can we do? Um, it's better to have everybody at the same table at one time than to go back and try to create 15 meetings and ask the same redundant questions back and forth. So you know we can we solve a lot of the problems in a quick order that way. Excellent. What should a business consider after they've changed a part from something like a casting to a machine component? Um, I guess the big thing is, you know, what's the customer's perception? Are they okay with it? You know, is it, is it a scene part? That's where, again, I go back to aesthetics. Is it, does it matter? Does it not matter? Um, you know, if, if there's a part that, you know, let's just say if it's going from aluminum to steel, if that's what the, if that's, an approved change from engineering. Well, are we having an issue that the steel is retaining heat too much where aluminum likes to dissipate heat easier? So there's a, those type of things need to be thought about. Um, the, the, the big thing would be that is the end user who's purchasing the product, are they affected? Um, do they have a voice in it? Um, or, or not, I guess, uh, then, then, again, that's not for us to determine, that's for their team to do it. Now, they, the other thing to think about is, is bringing back to the US from, from overseas. Um, with with, the, with the, the, the COVID-19 time um, happened, you know, this is, you know, people can say this is once in a lifetime, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting the the feeling that we're going to see more and more of the supply chain interruptions as we go through through the, our, our next point of our lives here where fuel prices are hurting, um, shipping container costs from overseas. Um, customers do not have to also put on, uh, uh, put what, six months or a year's worth of inventory in the shelf because they're coming on a container from wherever. You know, this, this is where we can be the short-term resolve or it could even be the long-term result. So it just, you know, this is this is where again working together. Um, it, it I can't stress it enough. That's honestly the communication is the key number one. And I think you're right. I think this is something that we, we have to take a look at because again, a down shop waiting for a part is not going to help anybody. And it really comes down to uh, I think one of the things you've demonstrated just in our conversation is it helps to have somebody that is knowledgeable from the machining side of things because you know how that operation works and you know how to be able to convert from casting 
and you understand, you know, the functionality. And like you said, understanding what the part is, understanding what they're going to be using it for and seeing if it's a right fit for somebody on something like that. You bet. That's, that's right. It's, it's, uh, you know, a, a collaboration of our team here um, with design, with uh, our, uh, our tool makers here, myself, we can, we can help work through these problems and, and, and head off at the pass. A lot of them that, that uh, probably someone in purchasing, not even realizing what's going on. So um, where we can, we can uh, have the ability to work with their engineering team is big. I think with the, the last couple, I'm gonna give you the last couple of minutes here is to kind of come up with a kind of a summary of, of, of I'm, a, I'm a company, you've got my attention, you know, what, what should I be looking for? What are things I can, start moving this process you know in other words what, what should i be looking at um you've kind of gone through the process you've gone through a lot of the things what should i what would be my next steps what should i be my next steps and what should i expect i guess if, if it's uh you know a potential customer of ours i it would be you know we need to make communication first and and probably non-disclosure agreements need to be signed so we're privy to uh prints and files um, to start having discussions, and that's probably where we need to start um, um, because we just need to protect every 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 uh, entity involved in this needs to be taken care of. So um, that's where we need to get started. Have have the conversations that way. Um, you know, we've got a, a website where someone can contact us through that phone, whatever. But um, I guess the best thing is just reach out and let's just see. If there's an opportunity where we can help each other out. I'm going to include the link to your website at, in the description of the podcast. So people, they can go ahead and get in contact with you to be able to do that. Great. Um, Great. Any, any other final thoughts? You know, some of the things that Andrew and I have been over time and time again is, you know, this, this might not even just be one part. It may be two or three parts that go into an assembly or weldment, you know, don't, don't just think it's one item. It may be a multitude of details that make up a, an end part. So, you know, it's just don't think it's one thing. You know, if you have a have a have an assembly, have a weldment, have have a group of parts that are that are troublesome getting in, or are just say bad parts that come from China that that uh, are just not working. You know, let's talk about the whole thing. Let's. Uh, Let's just open it all up for discussion and see see what we can do together. Again, thank you very much. This has been very helpful, and I and I hope people that are listening, you know, see see the value in this and get some some knowledge in that this might be a solution for the situation they happen to be in. You bet. Thank Andrew, Dean. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yep, and thank you for taking the time. Okay, thanks again. <laughs>